Good morning, church. Today is uh, Palm Sunday. It's the beginning of Holy Week. And as we look forward to the week to come, there are a few things I'd like to call to your attention to make you aware of. Uh, first of all, on Maundy Thursday this week, we are going to try something different. Uh, instead of just giving you a document or a set of links, we're going to invite you to come on to a Zoom call for our Maundy Thursday service. Our church Zoom account will accommodate up to 100 users, 100 computers at the same time. And so, um, and you can also phone in if you don't have a computer available. So uh, we're going to invite uh, you to come to that service. And uh, at that time, we're going to uh, also take communion together as we normally would for Monday, Thursday service. So uh, as you uh, um, uh, get ready to be on that Zoom call, have your version of uh, bread and cup available to you. Uh, so that when we come to that point in our uh, short service together, um, you can participate in that way. Uh, and then that Monday Thursday service, in addition to being a, a communion service, is also going to be a little bit of a trial run because then on Easter Sunday, we're going to also do a Zoom call for our Easter Sunday worship service, and that will be uh, held at our normal time of worship. I uh, also wanted to just encourage you, uh, if your kids haven't yet done their Lord's Prayer recording and sent that on to uh, Pastor Brad, I'd uh, like to uh, just encourage you and remind you uh, that we would love to, to get those videos. And um, also want to make sure that you're taking advantage of the Holy Week family resources that Pastor Alyssa sent to you. Uh, different ways that uh, as a family or as a, uh, as a household, you can think about your own journey uh, in the footsteps of Jesus leading up to his death and resurrection. Also this uh, week I am hoping to make sure that you have available a document from the neighboring movement. Neighboring movement in Midland is called Midland Neighboring but uh, there's a national version of that and Dave Runyon, uh, <coughs> Runyon uh, recently sent me a document that has some great ideas and guidelines for you to think about how to be a neighbor, how to love a neighbor in this time of uh, physical separation and isolation. And uh, we want to make sure we can get that out to you. And then the last thing I wanted to just encourage you with was to look at the Faith Walking uh, website or, or Facebook page, Midland Faith Walking. And we are currently registering two new Module 1s and also a module two and so if you are interested in participating in faith walking it's an online course and <clears throat> we would love to make space for you to do that you can learn all about faith walking by checking out our midland faith walking facebook page or you can give me a call or uh, set up a time to talk with me we are constantly in this time evaluating how we're doing all right, how are we worshiping together? How are we doing community together? How are we caring for one another? There are lots and lots of ideas to explore. And we want to encourage you to communicate with us and to let us know what it is that you see and what it is that you need and what needs you're aware of that we can help meet. And we'll continue to work together to be the church to each other and to our community that God calls us to be. As I said earlier, today is Palm Sunday, tomorrow as I record this, but we are celebrating Palm Sunday. And as we celebrate Palm Sunday, we're celebrating the beginning of Holy Week. It's the 
occasion when Jesus rides into Jerusalem and be, and sparks the event, sets into motion all of the events that will ultimately lead to his crucifixion at the end of the week. And today we're also going to continue on with our series called Living With. And this week I want to think about the Bible's invitation to live with patience. Romans 12 says, be um, joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. In 1 Corinthians 13, we read that love is patient. Ephesians 4 tells us that uh, we are to be completely humble and patient. Colossians 3 says that we are to clothe ourselves with patience. In the Psalms, we read that we're invited to wait on the Lord, to be of good courage and and allow him to strengthen our heart. And then uh, Psalm 27 says, wait, I say, on the Lord. Isaiah the prophet tells us, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. Again, in the Psalms, we read that uh, we're invited in the 37th Psalm to rest in the Lord and to wait patiently for him. Psalm 130 says that I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. Friends, if your patience has not yet been tested, (laughs) it soon will be, I suspect. Uh, It doesn't take great prophetic insight or imagination to know that we all want this to be over. Look, even if there are some aspects of a slower life or a new routine that uh, you or I have come to appreciate in new ways, uh, the cost of this pandemic is growing and the weight of waiting for it to be over is increasing. Uh, Yesterday at Beth Linton's funeral, I felt that weight uh, particularly uh, personally. The loss, the uncertainty, the longing to be together again. And then there the scripture comes in the midst of that longing. Be patient. And I think we can also hear that invitation in the Palm Sunday narrative that we celebrate today. Uh, Specifically, we see there the sort of patience, what the Bible sometimes calls waiting on the Lord. We see the sort of patience that allows God the space and the time to do his work and to do it in his way and to do it for his own purpose. Uh, Listen to this text again. This is Matthew's version of the triumphal entry, Matthew 21. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said, and you'll see a donkey tied there, and there's a colt beside it. Untie them and bring them here. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately send them. This will be done to fulfill the prophecy. Tell the people of Israel, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble and riding on a donkey, even on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus said, and they brought the animals to him, and they threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of Jesus, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. He was in the center of the procession, and the crowds all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. 
praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was stirred as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowd replied, it is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. See, on Palm Sunday, uh, we always give some place of prominence to the crowds. In our mind's eye, we can see them waving those palm branches and draping their garments on the road. We can hear their shouts and the rally cry of victory, Hosanna. Uh, this is a scene of people welcoming their victorious king. Jesus has designed it to be just so. They've been waiting for a long time for this. They've been waiting with a longing for their Messiah to come and to conquer their enemies and to restore Israel to her former glory. And that longing, that, that expectation is not without merit. In the last book of the Old Testament, in Zechariah chapter 9, we read these words. Rejoice greatly, O people of Zion, the prophet says. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, even on a donkey's colt. I will remove the battle chariots from Israel and the war horses from Jerusalem. And I will destroy all the weapons used in battle. Your king will bring peace to the nations. His realm will stretch from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. <clears throat> so here comes Jesus, and he is uh, fitting this prophetic vision. He fits the picture of this conquering king that they've been waiting over 500 years to see. But we don't even have to go all the way back to, um, to Zechariah's day in order to see a picture of this coming king and to understand what it was that the crowds wanted to see happen. Only about 200 years before the scene of Palm Sunday, the revolutionary Simon Maccabeus had defeated foreign armies and uh, was, was able to keep Israel in some semblance of independence and he rode victoriously into Jerusalem and people were shouting cheers and waving palm branches because he had delivered them. And when Simon Maccabeus marched into Jerusalem, he went into the temple and he restored the temple to God's purposes. And that's what the crowds are hoping for with their palm branches and their coats and their cheers, right? They're hoping for a king to come and to make their lives better. They're hoping for a revolution. And the truth is that Jesus is their king. Uh, and he will make their lives better. But he isn't going to do it in the way that the crowds expect. He doesn't overthrow Roman oppressors in the flash of a revolutionary moment. He doesn't do it their way and in their time and they lose patience. And within a week, they turn against him. In the uh, literature of leadership and change management, there's a distinction that gets made sometimes between uh, what's called technical problems and adaptive problems. Uh, to solve a technical problem, what you need is you find the right tool and you fix the issue. Right? You apply a known technology, uh, an existing skill. You do more of what you already know how to do. So, for example, if my engine light comes on, I have a technical problem. And I know how to solve a technical problem by bringing it to somebody who has expertise in fixing my engine. 
Uh, trying to find ways to communicate with a congregation is a technical challenge. Uh, learning some new technologies and some new platforms uh, is required, but the, 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 the right tools exist and experts can tell me what it is I need to know and what I need to do. Jerusalem was assuming that their Roman predicament was a technical challenge. And Jesus was coming to apply the technology of revolt. Right? Uh, how do you fix this problem? We know how to fix this problem. You fix it through a coup. Uh, it's been done before. We know how this works. You meet violence with violence. The problem with that, though, is that not all challenges are technical challenges. Not all problems are technical problems. Because on the other hand, there are adaptive problems. There are adaptive challenges, and for those sorts of challenges, uh, existing skills and my current knowledge and, and existing practices aren't enough. Doing more of the same thing, harder and better, doesn't solve the problem. Instead, adaptive challenges require a change in me. I have to adapt. I become different. So if, for example, instead of my car engine light going on, now I have in my hand a doctor's note that says I can no longer drive. I am no longer medically safe on the road. Now no mechanic can help me. I have an adaptive problem. I have to learn how to live my life differently. I have to live now with the loss of freedom. I have to live with the loss of spontaneity. I have to live with a new sense of my own mortality and the limitations that that brings. There's a, a team at MRC right now called the Growing Young Team or something like that. And, and uh, they're looking at an age gap that exists not just in our church, but in churches across North America. And what they're addressing is the reality that roughly 18 to 30 year olds simply aren't in churches. Uh, that, that gap uh, uh, represents an adaptive challenge. How do, we, how do we allow that generation to be seen and their voices to be heard and, and to be represented again? It's an adaptive challenge. And it's not going to be met by doing more of what we've all been doing all along. That's what got us here in the first place. Planning a funeral service is a technical challenge. I know how to do that. Uh, people know how to make that happen. Grieving, on the other hand, and then learning to do life without your spouse, that's an adaptive challenge. There's nobody that can do that for you. There's no easy fix. You have to become different. Jesus comes into Jerusalem to address the adaptive problem the adaptive problem of a cosmos that has turned away from God and gotten mired in violence and injustice and greed and, and selfishness. Uh, it's not just a matter of removing one ruler and installing another ruler. It's not just fighting fire with fire the way we always know how to do it. No, an adaptive problem is never solved with a technical solution. Never. A simple revolution would only shift the problem. Indeed, in a few chapters, Jesus himself is going to weep over Jerusalem because the same brokenness resides in them as in the Roman occupation force. King Jesus is setting out to make all things new, 
to birth a new kingdom and to usher in a restored cosmos unlike anything that a human eye has yet seen. And he is doing that to this very day. Resting in that, celebrating that, it helps me to keep my patience, to wait on God and to not jump restlessly and recklessly to the quick fixes and all of my known usual knee-jerk responses, assuming that I know what God is up to. And in fact, we don't know what God is up to. In fact, none of us have ever done this before. Uh, we've never been the church in a pandemic before. Uh, we've never done community in isolation. We've never lived this way. We are facing a massive adaptive challenge. But instead of losing patience when technical fixes don't work, Palm Sunday invites me to wonder, what's the bigger picture of what God might be doing? What is the new thing that God is wanting to create? How is God inviting me to be different, to become someone that I have never been before and to see something that I have never seen before? The Palm Sunday crowds missed the essence of God's adaptive work. That that work would require of each one of them something new and more and of all of them together, something brand new. Live with patience today, waiting for God's salvation to be revealed. Because people of God, your King has come. Jesus is in your midst, and he is most certainly at work. May God bless you and keep you. Amen.